eyes peeled, everyone. It's time for the full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Hello and welcome in to the full 10 Yards College podcast. As you can tell, I am not your usual host, Lee Wakefield. I am, of course, the one and only FF Brit baller, Rob Grimwood. Lee Wakefield is on IR this week. Um, Probable to return next week, uh, but we all know the true reason uh, for his demise is the fact that Notre Dame Fighting Irish killed his North Carolina team this weekend. So we all know that's why, Lee. It doesn't matter. I wasn't going to rib you that hard, mate, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, I am joined, however, by two regulars on the show. Uh, So let's welcome in Liam. How you doing, bud? Yeah, we're doing well. Yeah, good to have you hosting. Get well soon, Lee. <laughs> we're in good hands. Oh, thanks for that. Yeah, as um, your, your job's on the line, Lee. I think, uh, j- judging by how how I do today, possibly. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll see, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kieran, you're looking at me rather funnily there. What's uh, what's happening, brother? Well, we didn't get killed as bad as the Tar Heels, but still didn't score points for like three and a bit quarters. So the LSU. Yeah, I'm not having a good weekend, guys. Yeah, it was a bit grody, wasn't it? Um, yeah, what um, do you want to take us through it? Early doors, get it, get it done straight away. What's uh, what's happening at LSU? Uh, we, yeah, are we, we, are we six and four yet, or are we not quite there yet? Three and four, so and four. still time. Uh, we got absolutely molly what is I think the correct term by Texas A and M, which is. You know, they've been all right this year. No, I don't yeah. think they were. Look, I, I went into this game with high spirits because TJ Finley, like a lot of people, are ranking him as a great, true freshman quarterback. And I think, you know, didn't really showcase that this weekend. Guy I do want to highlight, though, a guy who took a majority of snaps actually is Max Johnson. He is an absolute back as well. He was absolutely uh, great. And everyone knows his dad, Brad Johnson, uh, former. NFL player so there is uh, you know there's something in the blood there but you know the whole entire team seemed just muted we had less than 30 yards rushing all game Terrence Marshall was the only guy who showed out we put up 134 yards and a touchdown I think that's just kind of expected from Terrence Marshall at this point he is the guy who you know since Jamar Chase um, opted out Terrence has been number one receiver and I think he's really cementing himself as maybe even a draft pick at this point uh, Texas A&M didn't look great, which looks even worse on us. Um, Kellen absolutely off to uh, 141 yards and a touchdown. He was just running all over us. I said, we've had a problem with run defense all season. Look, Ed Ogeron said this weekend after the loss, he's like, look, we are not in an opportune position right now. We've lost a lot of players to a draft. We've lost some really good players to COVID and just nothing is gelling. And at the ground floor with guys like Bo Pelini, yeah, things are just falling apart. He, Honestly, we should have got burnt for maybe 40 points this game. If, mm. if I'm being honest, the defense actually kind of showed up, but then the offense disappeared. Uh, and we're at this weird crossroads right now where Texas A&M, a team who last year we absolutely dominated. We didn't score points on until the fourth quarter. We had a a missed field goal, I think, in the second quarter from probably the most automatic kicker in college football right now. Let's be honest. It's it's upsetting. (laughs) It's tough to watch because I really love this team. Uh, And to watch Cade York, miss a field goal, which just doesn't happen. Uh, Keishon Butte got a touchdown denied, which, by the way, was a touchdown. I'll fight anyone in a parking lot if they disagree <laughs> with me. That was a touchdown. Uh, the only bright spot I can really say is Max Johnson. He looked really good. And if we haven't got, you know, if TJ Finley does keep regressing and maybe doesn't make a case for himself starting next year, it's good to know that Max Johnson is actually a decent quarterback. I know he's left-handed, but we've got good blockers on his, his right-hand side, on his blind side. So I think there's a lot to build on. But uh, talking too much about um, LSU because, you know, hats off to AM. They pushed it all game. I'm not saying they're a great team, but they didn't have to, you know, when we're not scoring, 
You know what I mean? I'm not going to be one of those guys like, we deserve to win the game. Because I say this every week. <laughs> we didn't deserve to win the game because we didn't score the most points. Um, yeah, it was just a muted performance all around. Kellen Mond, 11 of 34 on passes. The only person on that team who looked even reasonably decent was Isaiah Spiller. Yep. And he, he just tore us apart. Yeah, this was just an uncomfortable game for LSU. I think we're going to have to... Look, Ed Ogeron said as well this morning, this is a... You know, next year, this is a championship team with the guys we've got coming in, the guys we've got returning. And I genuinely believe we can be a championship team next year. And I stand right behind him. I want to see how we play over full season, spring games, everything. I'm keeping my fingers crossed, but I'm also not hopeful. Let me let me bring you in, Liam, here, just to have a chat about Isaiah Spiller. I know you're, you're a fan of him as I am. Um, yep. I mean, for a sophomore, he's having a, such a good season, isn't he? Uh, and I think 784 yards this year so far over seven games. He's on pace for over a 1,000. He looks solid and sort of the shining star in the offense, doesn't he? Yeah, he is. And the, the more that Kellen Mond continues to struggle, because he does, he has his... I mean, the, the game summed up Kellen Mond really well, actually. There's so yeah. many inconsistencies. And uh, like Kieran said about his stat line, that, that kind of summed up. And yeah, they do. They need to feed Spiller even more. Maybe, perhaps they will. They'll, maybe they're going to have to, like, just by necessity, the, the more that, uh, as you say, he's a young guy. So they're probably going to ease him in a little bit more mm. than changing to uh, like a run first offense with a, a senior. Yeah. But um, yeah, maybe like um, A&M are, are playing so well. And they deserve their top six ranking at the moment. They got some big wins against some good teams. And yeah, and as Spiller will continues to be a focal point in the offense definitely yeah let me then say to you Liam from uh from your perspective on LSU let's just stay muted for a minute here Kieran (laughs) what do you think that LSU need to do uh this offseason in order to get back to being LSU because let's be honest they haven't been LSU this year um obviously we know the quarterback is an issue um, at the moment, that's the big one. I think they got to sort out the quarterback issue. They, yeah, bringing in TJ Finley was, you know, got no issue with it. They they know what they see from him. They know what they want from him. But during the game, he was struggling, and it, even they, they, after he had a pick six, Ed Orgeron was very obviously showing his feelings mm. uh, towards him, coaching him very hard on the sideline. I agree that um, Johnson looked good. Son of a Super Bowl winner is a, <laughs> isn't a bad thing. Um, and uh, yeah, they they know what they want, obviously, from Finley. But um, yeah, I think that that quarterback position, that that situation, really mm. needs to be sorted out. I mean, having already gone through the season with three of them under centre, is uh, they're obviously not certain with yeah. what they've got there, are they? Yeah. And then Kieran, then back to you. Then so with with Justin Jefferson off last year, Jamar Chase this year, Terrace Marshall off this year. What's the wide receiver room looking forward for for LSU? Keishon Boutte is the guy now. Next man up, really. Um, I like him as well. He's he's very similar to Justin Jefferson in the way he plays. Like he's very very quick release. He doesn't get jammed much at the line. He can be a bit handsy, which leads to some offensive pass interference calls. But generally, he's just quite a refined player, and I like a lot of what he's doing. Eric Gilbert's going to have to pick up a lot of slack because he's really underperformed, in my opinion. To the reputation he had you know no no tight end as everyone gatorade high school player of the year this guy <laughs> wins it we give him a number two jersey and he kind of disappears a little bit 11 but targets think... for three yards this week 25 uh, sorry 11 targets for three receptions 25 yards this week mm-hmm. he's i think he's fine i think he's kind of uh medium-sized fish in a big pond now he he mm. excelled because of his size at high school and then you step up to the new, next level and you see that with some guys who were huge in college they step up to the nfl and really struggle but i think now he's realized he's got to put a lot more effort in and i i think he's he's gonna do that i do want to give a shout out to a couple of defensive guys as well also ray thornton you know he had he had a Fairly decent game, two tackles. Also, Flot as well, Cordell Flot. He's a great player who's come through for us. Also, Ali Gay, who is one of our one of the big guys on the defense right now. He's actually a transfer from junior college. Same with Jabril Cox. Both guys have just shown out for this defense and I think are really going to be big players. I obviously think our results this season would have been a lot different if we still had Miles Brennan. I had a lot of 
you know, mm-hmm. I was down on him after the first game and I was kind of campaigning for TJ Finley, but I think how he improved up until his injury really showed that Miles Brennan has got the stuff to make it. So yep. I don't know what his situation is going to be with eligibility as it goes on, because he's already been sat with us two years. I don't know if he wants to, you know, Duke could transfer if he really wants, if Max Johnson and TJ Finley are playing that good. It is a shame that obviously we lost Paul Parrish before the season because he, he could have really been a difference maker. He was like the top dual threat quarterback in his class when we brought him in and obviously he had some issues and had to leave but yeah LSU do not look good I think next season is what we can hope for at this point and uh I look forward to reading out the letter Rob has written for me. <laughs> well, just before we, we leave the LSU chat, let me just say I, I went back and actually listened to our first couple of episodes of the season this year and I think the quote from you, Kira, was the level of disrespect for my national reigning champions. The person who did this AP poll needs to seriously consider their job. Have you got an apology for them on the podcast? Or are we just going to leave it and just leave it for another day? Stand by my statement. (laughs) You know, we're reigning champions. We still are until the end of the season. So... Yeah, that guy needs a new job. He probably works for Pro Football Focus or something. <laughs> right, let's leave that there. Let's uh, let's address uh, what didn't happen at the weekend before we move further on to what did happen. Um, two big games cancelled. Ohio State against Illinois and Cincinnati versus Temple. Obviously, all of the full 10-yard boys, except for me, are behind Cincinnati this, this year. So it's disappointing to see see that, that how, how that could potentially have stumped uh, their run into the top four. But the, the biggest news, arguably, is that Ohio State now face uh, some potential issues, Kieran, couldn't they? If they have one more cancellation... Mm. provided they win their last two games. If they have one more cancellation, they do not make the college football playoffs. They are not eligible. So if you are a Michigan fan, if you are any (laughs) fan base that hates Ohio State for any other reason that their fans are the most annoying people on earth, (laughs) worse than the Ohio State. Yeah, we get it. Uh, If you hate, Ohio State, right now, you need to go down to Michigan State locker rooms. You need to start sneezing on stuff, spitting on stuff, (laughs) coughing on training staff, coughing on balls, coughing on players. You need to get down there and make sure they get this game cancelled because Ohio State is going to run through Michigan State. I'm sure there's a few Bobcat fans who would be happy to run down there and start sneezing on stuff and leaving dirty tissues everywhere. But yeah... I would just it's, put in a disclaimer that uh, Kieran Patterson's thoughts are his own. They are not part of the full 10 yards. You know, just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, if you don't like Ohio State, I'm not saying <laughs> do this. I'm just saying this is an idea, something you could do. Um, yeah, but it's, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't want to say we shouldn't have college football playoffs this year because that means we get to remain champions. But <laughs> I, I, I don't see the point. It, every game... Almost every game this season has just looked like a scrimmage and just people, you know, everyone's been out of practice. A lot of players are getting injured. There's a lot of opt-outs. I think it was a mistake to have a college football season. Now, I'm not going to knock it. I love college football. It's one of my favourite things to watch, even over the NFL at points. But I think it was maybe a mistake to have this season, even with just in-conference games. The playoffs are totally ridiculous and pointless this season. Makes no sense. So... You know, fingers crossed next year, they maybe expand the playoffs. So the teams who are having success this year, like Coastal Carolina, Cincinnati, Liberty and stuff, maybe have a chance to, to work their way into it next season. Yeah, that, I think that's something that we all get behind here at the 14 yards, extending in those those players. But uh, as for Cincinnati then, Liam, this cancelled game, could that affect their top four status potentially? Yeah, hugely. I think... Um... Yeah, we've all, as you said, we've all got behind Cincy. We all think that an eight-game playoff is probably their their best hope. Mm-hmm. Even um, winning out this season, they'd still be, you know, a surprise entrance to that top four, wouldn't they? I think we know that their chances are are, uh, are slim of getting in. But a cancellation means one less game, and when you stack up um, their 
still at eight and zero, but you know you stack up uh, an eight and one SEC team compared to them at eight and zero. Mm. Even them at nine and zero, you would still favour that SEC team. It's one less game for them, and it, it affects them massively. The same way as Ohio State have been affected by a game, the 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 difference between a postponement and the game being replayed, and a cancellation, and the game just being a no contest and thrown out completely, is huge for these teams that need to keep winning to be in with a, a chance at that college football playoff. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, looking at the uh, the SEC, then the eight and one teams potentially. You're talking Texas A&M, uh, Florida. Um, those are always going to have the nod, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. And A and M in a very strong position. Yeah. Um, Florida potentially a uh, conference championship game with Alabama coming up, which uh, really would be a surprise for them to to win that. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah. The, obviously, there's going to be uh, two ACC teams in Notre Dame and Clemson, depending on which way that conference goes. You'd expect all of them, even with one loss, to be fancied over Cincy. And, you know, losing games to, to cancellations is really not what uh, a team like Cincinnati needs. Yep. Yep. No, I agree. I think it could, um, yeah, potentially, uh, which... <sighs> Like I said, um, it's disappointing. It's disappointing to see that there was genuinely a contender from from um, from down there in the group of six. And yeah, um, yeah, disappointing, disappointing. Uh, but as we're talking about Florida, um, I did watch the Florida Kentucky game. So let's go through that real quick. Uh, mm. Basically, Kyle Pitts is unreal. <laughs> uh, three touchdowns, yeah, five receptions, ninety nine yards, three touchdowns. The guy's insane, and he's just. His draft stock has just skyrocketed the last few weeks. Even he, had, he I mean, he missed the last week, um, and only played half a game against Georgia. So, for for this kid to play lights out like he has this year, I mean, he's he's done himself wonders, and he's firmly now in the mid first round. Do you agree, Kieran? He's top ten guy. Yeah, undoubtedly. I know that's big for a tight end, but name a better tight end in college right now. No, you can't. Yeah. No, he's played himself into tight end one. And like you say, missing games coming in. Trask threw three touchdowns in the game and all of them were to him. Yep. And it's just the just number one target and number one scoring target every time he gets in with a chance he's going to be in the end zone. Yeah, Carl Trask was a bit underwhelming. I mean, 256 yards, three touchdowns. The job was done. They pulled him. They put Emery mm. Jones on who had, you know, finished the game off. But... You know, it was he did what he needed to do. Um, it wasn't flashy, it wasn't you know showboaty, it, but he got the job done. No interceptions. Um, people are saying that it could potentially have sort of hindered his his Heisman campaign, but I don't think so. I think when you prove that you can, you know, see a team out like Kentucky, who aren't a bad team. I mean, they're not the best team, but they're not a bad team. Um, and you can see them off early doors, and it's, the game's comfortable. Then you know they're, they're going to sit you. Like we just said, they've got some big games come up, including Alabama potentially in a uh, in a final. So you know why risk him and play him in a city game? Um, Canarius Tony, again, he was a bit quiet. Um, three for three. 36 uh, 38 yards um so he didn't have the the biggest of games but the takeaways from this game was was Kyle Pitts um pretty much ran the show uh Kentucky I mean like I said they're sort of an average down the middle of the road kind of team there was no one that really stood out uh, they couldn't get the the, the the run game was okay got about over 130 yards but it was nothing special passing uh Wilson 62 yards one touchdown two interceptions I mean yeah, the Florida defense it's taken its knocks this year, but actually, to be fair, they've played pretty well. Um, and I think they've been gradually getting better. So, um, this Florida defense, so you know, maybe there's something there, maybe there will be a bigger game that we think against Bama. Um, but no, the, the Florida Gators look, looked pretty solid. Uh, anyone got anything else to, to mention from that game, or should we move on? If if Trask and Pitts end up at the same pro team <laughs> by some miracle. <laughs> nah. nah, that's that's going to be like Brady and prime Gronk and prime Aaron Hernandez, just a big old safety net who's going to get it. Look, Kyle Pitts reminds me of Travis Kelsey, and that's a big comparison, but he's a big weighty tight end who runs routes like a wide receiver. I mean, his blocking leaves a little bit to be desired, but that's a very easy thing to pick up in training camp. So yeah, just the best. One of the best players in college football right now. I feel safe saying that about Kyle Pitts. <laughs> yeah, what he does, what he does really well is, and what 
pro teams will love is Florida line him up away from the line of scrimmage or away from the bodies out in wide receiver routes. And that's just going to translate to the NFL so easily. And teams are going to love it. It's probably why that I would be surprised um, that teams don't have him tight end one at the moment. Yeah, I think he's got to be. I think, like, like Kieran said, there's not there's not many you can name that are better at the moment um, in college football. So looking forward to that this spring. Um, Liam, you're going to take us through some Big Ten action, I believe. When I did my uh, Big Ten preview article, I suggested that Penn State at Michigan was going to be one of the games to watch this season. <laughs> yeah, as it's turned out, out <laughs> it, it, as it's turned out, strangely, it was for, but not quite for the wrong, <laughs> for the right reasons. Yeah. Uh, these teams, um, they've been tough watching so far this season. Yes, Penn State of the two, Penn State hugely underachieving. Owen five, which I, I think I heard on the podcast, they said it was the first time ever for the Nittany wow. Lions, which seems uh, insane considering we're going back over 100 years. But um, yeah, both should be doing better. But like I say, it was still a, a watchable game. You kind of, you knew this was a big one. Um, a must win in terms of uh, how bad the two have been. The Italy Lions are, are down loads of running backs as well at the moment. And they're, they're relying on two freshman running backs and still managed to run the ball well against Michigan's defence. Another reason being Sean Clifford's not throwing it as well as they'd hoped. Um, he did have a long touchdown run in the second half, but uh, the freshman, Kayvon Lee, had 134 yards and a touchdown. In fact, run game was the order of the day in this one. Michigan's run game looked good. Um, and uh, all the all the uh, touchdowns were running touchdowns as both teams uh, struggled to move the ball through the air. And, uh, Cade McNamara was this starting quarterback for Michigan. Now they've gone away from Joe Milton, who started the season uh, we did see Milton because McNamara got an injury. Milton came in. He only threw a few times in just one completion before he was back out on the bench again. And McNamara was back in. Um, they had uh, Hassan Haskins running the ball really well um, for yep. Michigan. 101 yards, two touchdowns. Really strong runner. Just throughout the game, you, you were waiting for that big play to kind of open it up. And even at halftime, it was still like really close. And in the second half, I think there were even fewer points scored, actually. Um, it, it just, yeah, it just didn't pick up. Defensively, um, the talent that are on both sides really didn't show up either. For example, first round, potentially first round, Quitty Pay of Michigan actually had a quiet game. Penn State's defenders more or less had a, a quiet game. And... Penn State were able to kind of just run the ball better and just run out, get their first win, move to one and five, drop Michigan to two and four. And um, hmm. <laughs> it's going to be interesting going forward, just how many more wins these two are going to get, because uh, like I say, both tremendously underachieving and um, yeah. a lot to work on. Is it, Are we at a point where we're worried for uh, James Franklin and uh, Jim uh, John Hobb? Jim Harbour, I always get them too confused. Um, are we worried about their jobs, or is it a case of this year's a bit crazy and we'll probably they're probably going to have another year? I think Harbour's got one more year on his contract, mm. so it's a sort of a key year for him. Yeah, uh, Liam, are, are, they, are we worried for them too, or not particularly? I think we are worried for both of them, but I mm. think you know um, Harbour was probably under a lot more pressure coming into this season, as we um, previously discussed. And the way that, yeah, Penn State have only then, at least they won, but they're now one and five. And yeah, it's it's a it's a really worthwhile question to ask about Franklin as well. I think they're both in, in a bit of trouble at the moment. Yeah. How about, you guys know how many times he's beaten Ohio State since he's been at Michigan? Zero. I, I guess zero. Big fat goose egg. <laughs> if that, you could coach at Michigan, you could get all walk-ons, win no games a year, have two yards of total offense on the year, but if you beat Ohio State, you keep your job. That's how it works. He only realistically has to beat one team a year, and he can't even do that. <laughs> if he is not gone at the end of the season and they don't pick up uh, a competent coach, which, you know, not likely happening. It is Michigan. They are the home of dysfunction. Um, you know, they, they need to switch it up. They, Harbour's gone. I don't know what you would do to, to see an extra year out. There is literally no point. There's You don't 
just don't keep him. He's a terrible coach. He was good in the NFL, and I don't know how, because he did great stuff with Kaepernick and the 49ers, and he, he really put them in a position to win games. But the second you put a big-name college football franchise in front of him, he poops the bed, which you shouldn't be doing for a coach of his calibre. He should have elevated that franchise and got bigger recruits and made them the Michigan of the 1980s or even the 70s, mm. the team that people feared that had that super crazy work ethic. So, you know, he's, he's really fumbled the bag on this one. I think that if you, for Michigan State, for them to, then if they're going to extend Harbour, it needs to be soon because they've got recruiting classes coming up. And if they haven't extended him before his last year, players aren't going to buy into it. You know, you don't know what's going to go with head, happen with the head coach, and I think it's important. So, I think this game was very telling. I think if if they'd have won, I think it'd have been a kind of a oh, all right, well, you know, yeah, you beat Penn State, okay, we'll, we'll give you the con. But because they lost at home in the big house against an, an zero and five Penn State, that doesn't look good, does it? No, defensively they've been strongest over the last few years, and um, defensive coordinator. Um, I forget his Christian name, defensive coordinator Brown, who's been there for a few years. They've had top 10 defences every season that he's been there. And that even, I think, the, um, in his previous job, he was in charge of top 10 defences. And that's where most of their talent that then goes on to the draft comes from. And offensively, um, it, they've just not improved under Harbour, un, in, uh, under the different uh, sort of levels the different classes that they've had, the different players coming through. Mm. And then the defence just not showing up yesterday was was really worrying. Penn State, it wasn't easy. They didn't put up loads of points, but they didn't have to. Every time they needed to move the ball, they could. And um, they looked like from the first quarter that they were going to win the game, and that'll, that'll be really worrying. So there's a leadership issue there. And yeah, it, the buck stops with Harbour, doesn't it? Yeah. So let's just play let's play a quick game off the top of your head. Let's just say both of these um, head coaches are dismissed at the coaching carousel. Um, who would be who would be the two two big candidates? Would someone like um, and a head coach that I really enjoy what like watching his team play at the moment is Lance Leopold from Buffalo. Um, mm. he's, he's an incredible coach. I think he'd he'd fit in well with one of these teams. Um, but also, um, who's the guy from Iowa State? Oh, Campbell, Matt Campbell. Yeah, Matt Campbell. He'd also yeah, be a good be up fit. There, yeah, um, he would. Is there anyone else off the top of your head, Liam and, and Kieran, that, that could potentially fit well in these two teams? Uh, Hugh Freeze is going to be quite coveted in Power 5 teams at the moment because of what he's been doing at Liberty. Yeah, um, it's true. Oh, who else? Um, Scott Satisfield. Well, he's not long in that job at Louisville, but there will still be... Um, He'll still be uh, quite sought after. Those are the two. I would have said Matt Campbell as well. He's getting um, getting a lot of attention for how Iowa State are playing at the moment. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that one. That's a good idea. Kieran? Uh, I'd say Jamie Chadwell, who's currently the head coach of Coastal Carolina. He's done a fantastic job this season. He did a fantastic job as uh, offensive coordinator and as an interim head coach in 2017. I think given the chance to go up to a big power five school would be the jump he needs to really get people to take him seriously as a coach. He's a really good recruiter. He, he could call offensive plays. We've seen that with his... Uh, uh, when he was an offensive coordinator, he knows how to run an offense, and that's what Michigan really have problems with right now. So it'd be interesting to, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see him work for a Power Five school other than being a coordinator or a positions coach. Yeah. Um, one more I'll just set in the mix there is uh, the, the BYU head coach as well, obviously having his whirlwind season um, with, with Brigham Young, Kalani, is it Sataki, I believe it's pronounced. Um, so he's another one to throw into the mix as well of head coaches that are doing particularly well this year. Uh, let's move on then. Um, and let me talk about uh, the fighting Irish for a minute. Uh, another fantastic win uh, for, for the boys. Um, it was it was one that I was a bit worried about. I'm not going to lie. Uh, headed into it after obviously a massive win, Clemson, um, and then a week off, and 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 then it was kind of a 
okay, are we ready to go again? It's a big, North Carolina are a good offensive team. Um, they were going to be trying to drain our defense, but we stood up so strong. I was worried after the first quarter or the first half of the first quarter when it was 14-14 and the ball was just zipping backwards and forwards. It was it was quicker, it was quicker in the next end zone than it was to the next play by the, sound, by the feel of it. Uh, it was unbelievable how quick the game was going. Um, but then it really sort of settled down after that and and uh, we um, we played really well in the second half. I believe we held we held North Carolina to about I think at the top of my head it was seventy four yards in the second half for a team that averages just over five hundred yards per game in North Ca- North Carolina. That was a fantastic feat from the from the Notre Dame defense, and I think they just speaks volume for how we've played this year we've got better and better and better as the season's gone on and that defense those linebackers they're incredible they're having such a good year and i'm really really looking forward to the draft process and seeing them guys because they've done themselves no harm at all in this draft process those linebackers um so so yeah it's very good to watch ian book i i look i can't tell you how much i've been impressed by ian book and again i I, i'm a realist this time last year i said ian book was good but he's probably not going to make the league maybe a sort of an unrestricted uh, undrafted free agent maybe or a late pick man as he's he's done himself no harm as well in the draft process because now you're talking about him being a, a solid pickup because he's looking great out there um you know he's making plays you'd never ex- expect ian book to make and he's and he's he did it good as well. And there was one particular play where he's he's falling back and he's sort of just launched the ball somehow uh, over. The, I don't know how it's happened. It's worth watching if you haven't seen it. It's it's a crazy throw and it's just landed in in Max Mayer's hands. It's been it's fantastic. But um, again, Curran Williams. I need to get the box score up here because I haven't actually got it up. But Curran Williams had another good game. Um, multiple touchdowns. Um, and and I'll whack lyrical for him all day long because he's looked fantastic this year uh take nothing away from north carolina they give it a go the first quarter particularly the first half they didn't look too bad um but again we it, it's telling that and we'll talk about this when we come to talk about the running backs because obviously north carolina got two big name running backs in Javion williams and michael carter so the name escaped me for a minute um and we were able to keep them in check um and it's Again, we'll go through this when we talk about the running backs a bit more. Um, but it's this kind of game that the outstanding running backs make themselves shine when they're up against a tough defense. And it is hard. And we did take them out of the game, which is ultimately how we won the game. Um, but they had no answer for it. They, they couldn't get the ball right, moving at all in the second half. And I'm so so impressed with, with, with the Notre Dame defense. And I am... I am Loving this. The next week um, coming up, we've got um, oh god, we've got Wake Forest at the last game. We've got Syracuse next week. So hopefully, uh, we've done enough now. This week was the one. North Carolina was the one that I was worried about. We're through that. So hopefully now we can see it through uh, and solidify our place in the top four. We weren't worried about Clemson then, Rob. No, I'm not worried about Clemson, mate. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> obviously a regular season but um i think genuinely how we played i mean i know clemson you know took pittsburgh to town as well 52 17 that was a good game uh for them but uh you know blew a lot of cobwebs out i believe um but it, it it's the way we've played i'm not worried i'm not i'm not worried about it you know i was excited for the f- for for the first game obviously trevor lawrence was out blah blah blah, blah. i don't think it matters i think we played we, we deserve to win that game. And I am not worried about seeing them in the ACC finals. I think we'll win. I think we'll beat them again. Well, look, DJ <laughs> D threw for 400 plus yards. So exactly. it's not like they had some scrub guy in there who couldn't make throws. He was their yeah. next best up. They, yeah. they put him in there because they wanted to win. And the play calling from them was actually really good. That's why their quarterback came away with 400 plus yards. And yeah, they really I, showed that they've got the, the stuff to go deep into overtime and keep making plays and keep getting stopped. They, oh, you outplayed them. Yeah. And, and it's, it speaks volumes because this week, obviously Trevor Lawrence threw for 403 yards this week and everyone's been like, Oh, Trevor Lawrence, he threw for over 400 yards. You know, this Trevor Lawrence, that Trevor Lawrence, something, hang on a minute. He did it against Notre Dame three weeks ago. And you know, that was just poo pooed. 
he's the Patrick Mahomes of college football. Like you know what I mean? Like Patrick Mahomes will make a fairly routine pass, but it just looks a bit flashy because the layman isn't used to it. And then everyone's like, Oh, Patrick Mahomes a beast. It's like, no, Matt Stafford does that four or five times a game. Like, like you know you know, people give so much credit to a guy who openly admits he eats ketchup on his steak. What is going on? <laughs> oh, don't change, Kieran. Don't change. Uh Liam, anything to add for the Notre Dame game? Just impressed with how well the defense is improving, and uh, like you touched on, the the kind of the average for yards and points and gains for UNC's offense for the season nowhere near in this game. Most mm. no, completely shutting them down, especially in the second half. And um, yeah, agree that it's that that momentum thing getting better and better as the season goes on. It's gonna be very tough. To, to stop Notre Dame at the moment. Yeah, just to put some figures on it, um, we kept Michael Carter and Javon um, uh, Javonte Williams. So I kept saying Javon, didn't I? Javonte Williams and Michael Carter. We kept them to uh, 85 yards rushing throughout the whole game, which is you know, un- unprecedented this year because them two have been absolutely lights out. Um, and even through uh, the passing game, Diami Brown, Daz Newsom, uh, we kept them to uh, a combined 148 yards. So again, you know, it was it, it's the defense showing up and then letting the offense do its job. Um, again, some stats for, for, for and they just to put some numbers on it. Karen Williams was uh, 124 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Another one through the air, um, and McKinley uh, six targets, six receptions for 135 yards. You know, we do that against good teams every week. We're going to fly through this rest of the season. Um, and we should do because, like I said, Syracuse next week, we, we should be pelting them um, on paper. Um, and, and Wake Forest shouldn't be a problem in two weeks' time either. Um, if we no, complete... Neither offence is going to be as much of a challenge as UNC. Uh, UNC's offence is solid. Exactly. so good. And, and, I mean, even teams like we have played, like Boston College, they're a better offense than the two teams coming up. Um, you know, we, and we, we played well against them. So I've got no worries. Looking forward to the end of the season and bring on Clemson and bring on Bama. That's what I'm saying <laughs> for the rest of the season uh, for ND. Uh, Kieran, let's uh, bring you in before you leave here just to say uh, your little bit about Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina do not only have the second best field in college football, but they have one of the best uniform games. And you know I was going to start with that. Uh, Look, they are a team who sort of were out of the general consciousness uh, of the general college football fan going into this season because they just weren't, you know, they weren't getting the big TV games and they were, you know, fun belt team. It just gets like that sometimes. But they had a prime performance. Texas State got absolutely beaten on coastal carolina scored a touchdown every single quarter apart from the second quarter where they scored free ridiculous they absolutely <laughs> and i want to say grayson mccall even though they're not asking him to throw that much he only drops back like 20 times a game he just looks fantastic his accuracy is re- really good and I-, I hate people using this phrase but i'm going to use it he does make some nfl throws he makes some really good throws and obviously Torrance Marable, is that how you pronounce? I'm gonna Liam. I'll have to. I'd have to defer to Liam for the pronunciation. There, I'm terrible at this stuff. <laughs> but he had 157 yards, yeah. three touchdowns. This dude ran all over Texas State. Texas State just, you know, their quarterback through. You know, the quarterback was accurate. I give him credit. 20 or 26. A lot of dump offs though, but. They were kept under 100 yards rushing all game and, and Coastal just went out there and put up a lot of rushing yards. Uh, Marable had 157 and then they had their backup running back, Reese White, 72 rushing yards. And then they had Sherman Jones, who went for 62 yards. It was just, they pounded that rock down Texas State's face. It was, oh, I was so great to watch and Liam always says it's the fun belt and it really is it is really <laughs> fun fast-paced football yeah. and the fact that you've got a team sat at 9-0 and 
ranked below the 4-0 Ohio State. What is going on? <laughs> respect for Coastal Carolina. It needs to happen. Them and Cincinnati, they need the respect they deserve. You know what? Let's get rid of Ohio State. Let's get rid of Clemson. Let's make the playoffs. Notre Dame, <laughs> Coastal Carolina, Cincinnati, and BYU. Liberty. Oh, no. Liberty lost. I hate Mormons. R.I.P. Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so that, yeah, BYU instead of Liberty. I think that'd be the most fun <laughs> college football playoff ever. And I think you'd enjoy it, Rob, because you'd have a, you'd feel like you're going to probably take it all with uh, relative ease. Buddy, I feel like that is, I feel like that already. You know, yeah, I, feel like I felt like that at the beginning Bama-hoo. of the season, mate. Bama who? <laughs> yeah. uh, Liam and I, well, we mentioned Marable last week, didn't we, their, their win against uh, App State. Um, getting, getting the job done. He's looking like a good prospect, Liam, isn't he? Yeah, when uh, we spoke about him and, um, you know, we were talking about if there is there anyone in that team that could be a potential draft pick, yeah, I'd say that he's the one with the best chance. Um, we are going to get to see Coastal Carolina against Liberty, all things being well by the end of season. We touched <laughs> on that a couple of weeks ago when we were looking at schedules. And so that's going to be fun. That's a great, uh, going to be a great last game of the regular season. We'll have to um, we'll have to plug ourselves in for that one to see if we can get some sponsorship deal. Uh, Kieran, you're off to the uh, to the NFL show, buddy. So uh, just give your handle out before you leave, mate. And me and Liam will clear things up. At DCCYT Football on Twitter. I promise not to argue with people so much. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> see you, mate. <laughs> All right, Liam. Let's uh, let's wrap this show up. We're we're nearly done anyway. Um, let's just have a quick look for next week. Uh, is there any particular games that really take your fancy? Is there anything that you jumps out of the page to look forward to? Um, well, I t- <laughs> we might have to cut this bit out. I don't have a schedule in front of me, mate, so you, can, you, might, have to, <laughs> Look, you might have to take the lead on this. We'll go with it. Let me just say, Notre Dame at Syracuse. Uh, obviously, we spoke about that. Uh, Florida at Tennessee. Uh, that's going to be, uh, well, probably not as big as we thought it would be, uh, potentially. Uh, Clemson uh, away at Virginia Tech. Uh, Miami Duke. Uh, Alabama, LSU. Oh, Kieran's gone just... Uh, just oh, oh, he's on purpose. Out. He did that on yeah. purpose, didn't he? He knew, knew that was, was coming. coming. <laughs> so that's obviously the big one. Um, after midnight, that one is unfortunately. Um, I say big one, that's not a big one, is it? Because Bama are just gonna it should be, yeah, exactly. Um, they did look good in the Iron Bowl this weekend. Let's give a shout out to Alabama winning the Iron Bowl over Auburn. Yes, massive win. Yes. Iron Bowls by and large are close, big, tough rivalry games and for Bama to win 42-13 and to just look good doing it. Yes, Auburn are not the Auburn of a year or two ago, but that's a huge huge win minus Nick Saban who was watching from home probably mm. trying to figure out how the remote works <laughs> instead of being on the touchline. Um yeah, huge and impressive win for Alabama. Um we should mention uh, Ohio State scheduled to play Michigan State. And right. that will be a big one. Michigan State dropped Northwestern uh, this week. So that's yes. Northwestern's unbeaten season gone. So Michigan State are still uh, playing for pride, playing for wins. And, uh, you know, why can't they give Ohio State a game? And let's all hope that it goes ahead because it yeah. should be a good one. Big, big for Ohio State and their aspirations this season. But Michigan State are well capable of giving them a good game. Yeah, definitely. Um, another big one to look out for two ranked teams Texas A&M are against the aforementioned Auburn um, so that will be uh, a good one to watch at 5pm on Saturday a nice early one for us uh, and of course uh, at uh, is the big it's one of the big games in the fun belt this, this it's not quite as big as it probably should have been uh, but the Raging Cajuns against my App State team that's usually, good, usually a good one to watch um, yeah so. big game so keep your eyes peeled for that. I'm just uh, just taking my eyes down the list and I can't see any other sort of biggish games to note this weekend. So it's kind of a steady week. Vanderbilt, Georgia. That's obviously Georgia's going to be tanked tanking through Vanderbilt you'd expect it'll be interesting to see if the uh, the lady kicker is out again for Vanderbilt um, yeah shout out Sarah Fuller that was brilliant I really enjoyed that yeah definitely a very good story if you don't know what we're on about or you probably will if you follow college football but the first female uh 
player to play in um a power, a power five game power yeah. five game so so well done to her um she didn't have much to do unfortunately i don't think vanderbilt even got into field goal territory uh, <laughs> but she did have a kickoff so fair play she to her. get on the field and yeah <laughs> I, I suspect that they would have had a kicker in place had they got into field goal range but they didn't they got beat i think it was 41 nothing by missouri yeah i think it's cost coach mason his job as well in the last day or two as well so but mm. um yeah, it was great story, and the fact that she got on the field, got a, a nice, accurate squib kick in, which apparently was um, like downplayed and by some people, but I thought it was really good play. Yeah, fair play to her. Yeah, absolutely fair play to her. Uh, just flicking down um, to Monday, uh, one sort of biggish game in Pac-12 is Washington State USC. That'll be a good one to watch if you want to stay up late on Monday night. Um, yeah, USC are Pac-12's only chance. Very yes, with the emphasis on very, very outside chance of the college football playoff because Oregon went down. This yeah, week yeah, well. we should mention that probably. Yeah, Oregon. Um, obviously, we did speak about Oregon a few weeks ago when we did our Pac-12 preview, um, and I said that I was looking forward to watching them play this year because I thought they were the best team in the Pac-12. But yeah, mm. going going down against the the rivals, I believe as well, wasn't it? Yeah, the Civil War game against Oregon State. Mm. And that was a, it's a great shout at the start of the season to say they're Pac-12 favourites, but they they have um, a little underperformed. New quarterback under centre course, and trying to live up and follow Justin Herbert isn't going to be easy. But no. um, yeah, they they haven't, uh, as a few people have touched on on other episodes of this, they haven't looked uh, as good as they probably would want to this season. And yeah, losing to Oregon State, the big rivals, mm. isn't the way to go. But Jamar Jefferson as well, like he's kind of hit the he's hit the ground running this year, hasn't he? What was it, two hundred and twenty something yards rushing? Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, very yeah. good, very nice. Yeah, he's had a really good start to the season, so he's one to keep your eyes on for the for the upcoming weeks. Um, so yeah, uh, so without further ado, let's get this uh, let's get out of here, Liam. We've had this now for nearly an hour, so we don't want to give too much work for poor Lee to do on his sick bed poor when, Lee. He's, when he's editing this. So uh, well, we mentioned run games. Let's give a shout out to Buffalo Russia, Jarrett Patterson. Oh, he no! did. I can't believe <laughs> we've it. To, we've got to because <laughs> um, while we're on running backs. Yes. 409 yards, eight touchdowns at home <laughs> to Kent State. Um <laughs> He Incredible. actually had a 301 yard game two weeks ago and now 409 yeah. yards, eight touchdowns. It was a 70 41 victory uh, for the Buffalo Bulls. Yeah, I can't um, but, believe it. I've been but, banging on about him all week, all weekend. I've been banging on about him. I even told him about, to the work lads today about Jared Patterson. I remembered so well. um, us uh, shouting each other out on um, social media amongst the full 10 yards boys about uh, running games and running backs this season. And uh, I did suggest that Jared Patterson was a good sleeper mm. to keep an eye on for this draft. He's not a sleeper anymore with performances like that. That's absolutely <laughs> Yeah. Wonderful performance. And uh, he was interesting uh, saying that he has the best O-line in college football, which is really uh, an interesting quote playing uh, to his teammates' strengths. But let's be honest, he is running wild at the moment for Buffalo. He's over 700 yards in two games is wonderful. Yeah, well, I think so far he is... Is he 1,320 yards on the season or something stupid oh, like probably, that? I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I haven't seen his full season stats, but... Um, yeah, Absolutely the Mac crazy. is the Mac is really fun for running backs. Yeah. As no, we sorry, were. I I misquoted this. It's nine hundred and twenty yards rushing and sixteen touchdowns, and he's played. I think it's four games or five games. Four games. So yeah. so, so seven hundred plus of those yards <laughs> in the last two games. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely crazy but uh yeah again he's the kind of player that um we will be bringing up a spoiler alert we'll be bringing him up next week when we go through these uh these running back profiles because he is like like liam said he, he is a sleeper and he still is a sleeper because he's not going to be drafted in the first three four rounds i shouldn't think um despite his incredible numbers uh sort of running backs from that from from those schools don't tend to go too highly, but you never know. Um, obviously, he is absolutely lighting the world up at the moment. Eight touchdowns. Uh, the, the, Mac, the Mac is, uh, for the last couple of seasons, has been great for running backs. I've really enjoyed sure. it. I put a tweet out when the seat, when the Mac uh, started their season, a list of a few of the running backs to watch. Um, and uh, I'm probably going to 
delve into that a little bit more when we do our our running back stuff next. Oh, buzzing. I am buzzing for this running back stuff. Yeah, me too. Absolutely buzzing. This has really got me going. Um, So, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Uh, Jared Palace, and I'm just watching the highlights here as we're talking. These eight touchdowns, they're going on forever. It's absolutely, he's just (laughs) just plowing through players. But the worst thing is, he was only like 24 six yards away from yep. the single game rush record and one touch and one touchdown and away one from touchdown the, and they benched him <laughs> and they benched him and then they brought on <laughs> another running back who yeah. then scored a touchdown and 29 <laughs> yard rush oh it was crazy but the uh the apparently he wanted to come off but i don't think they realized how close he was you'd have thought somebody on the sideline would have just said look he's so close he's so close um but i no, think the big. record was 400 or still is 426 mm. yards so he needed that's uh hmm, that's a 16 yard rush isn't it would have done oh, it mate, brutal. <laughs> i think am i wrong in saying it am i right in saying that it was samaj p ryan that got that yes yeah it, it was. was yeah and look how his nfl career well turned remembered. Out, so. yeah <laughs> so yeah um jared patterson take a bow this week Play, should we call him player of the week liam oh 100 percent player of the week player and, of the week and with that, let's get out of here. Liam, tell us where we can find you on the Twitter. On the Twitter, you can find me at Liam66NFL. Anything NFL, anything college football, that's the place to go. That uh, is the place to go. Uh, you can find me, your host for today, Rob Grimwood, at FFBritBaller. Lee will be back next week, I'm sure. Um, he does a much better job than uh, this than I do. Um, so enjoy editing this, Lee, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Uh, so thanks for listening, guys. Uh, hope, we, hope you enjoyed the show. And, and yeah, keep your eyes peeled for everything college football over at full10yards.com. Uh, we're going to be doing these running back things. I'm so excited. Uh, see us out, Liam. Yeah, I was just going to add, keep your eyes peeled, keep your ears peeled for the, the scouting podcasts that are coming your way with the running game. One is what we're we're starting with, running backs. Yeah. And we're so excited, as you can tell from our, our passion <laughs> of the last few minutes, we're really excited to get going with that. It's going to be great. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the podcast. For all your football needs, check out our website, full10yards.com or follow us on Twitter at Full10YardCFB. And remember, keep those eyes peeled.